0: Tweet at SFM Radio and at KG Moekezi. Welcome back. Uh, it's 21 past seven. Let me clarify that uh, it turns out we have a problem with our WhatsApp line. So uh, instead, if you do want to get in touch, 0891104207, let's talk for a change. You know, uh, people don't talk in, on the phone anymore, or you can SMS us on 41391. So let's talk to the people that are at the forefront of the fight against COVID-19. The heroes and heroines uh, of the fight against COVID-19 are doctors and nurses who make it their business uh, to fight for our lives every single day. Doctor Porsche Keswamasinga is a medical doctor. She also does weekend sessions at Eddington Hospital in Durban in casualty. And uh, she joins us on the line now. Doctor Masinga, Dr. Doctor thank you so much for your time.
1: Good evening, KG. Good evening to your listeners. Thank you for having me. So I mean in-
0: Life was coasting in a way that life can coast until, uh, you know, the World Health Organization said, uh, it's official, we have a pandemic, it's called COVID-19, and uh, this is how it gets transmitted. And the whole world uh, was redefined, particularly redefined for people who work in your profession. How has life changed for you as a medical doctor in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic?
1: Thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity to actually celebrate and salute all the front frontline workers, especially those that have to deal with the pandemic at a grassroots level, such as a GP as myself, the nurses, the paramedics. You know, even the lives of receptionists have changed. The whole standard of practice has changed. To, pr- to protect sometimes your own patients, you have to ask them, Uh, Those that are suspecting might be might be infected. They they actually need to call and make an appointment so that you avoid having a large waiting list uh, waiting area in your practice. It has changed the whole standard of practice. Um, Sometimes we actually ask patients if you think you might have been exposed, please stay in your car, make an appointment so that the practice is prepared. And uh, we don't actually infect other patients that could be waiting for other things, you know.
0: Yeah, so the, basically the way you do your business even has changed. I mean, somebody obviously can't just walk in and say, I suspect there's all of those dynamics uh, that have to happen. I'm told also we're in the era of the telephone consultations, or and, and in a way it sort of affects the personal relationships with, uh, uh, with patients because, you know, I used to assume medicine to be a hands-on profession. You know, your doctor has to touch your forehead. Uh, you know, your doctor has to, you know, sit with you and have an understanding of whatever it is that you may be going through so now you also having to use technology for consultations
1: I think that has been the greatest breakthrough uh, for us as medical practitioners um, telemedicine has made life a lot more easier and convenient for both patients and the doctors because for those that you know you need to protect them, they could be your vulnerable patients, your chronic patients, that you had a, a long-standing history with them. You don't want to bring them into exposure with active cases of COVID. So you can simply discuss certain things over the phone uh, pre- uh, prescribe your chronic medication without necessarily putting them um, in, 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 at any risk by bringing them uh, in a, a setting for an acute medicine. It has made life a whole lot easier and faster and more safer for us and patients uh, mm-hmm. as well. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, so we're saluting you as one of the heroes that work in the health sector. Obviously, like I said at the beginning of the show. Tell me what your typical day is like since, um, you know, the day that, you know, uh, the, 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 the president said, mm-hmm. you know, we now are dealing with COVID-19 in the country. Uh, you know, this is where we are. Um, what is what is your typical day like? What was today, for example, like?
1: I'll be honest with you, KG. I think at God's thinking, when we all had to really go start on a lockdown, one of the greatest um, investment I made was to sit down with my family and and explain what this means. What does it mean to be in the front line? And today I stand and I really just like to support and, and salute the spouses of all those, especially the ladies that are out there. Meaning their husbands could be home. They could be the ones doing the cooking and looking after the kids. because. Truly, um, we are the ones at risk and you come back. If I can just share with you, the greatest anxiety is every time you have to face going back home. Mm. You ask yourself, you ask yourself, have I done everything? Have I taken all the right precautions? Was I careful enough? Did I sanitize, uh, did I sanitize my stethoscope, my shoes? Did I, You, you ask yourself so many questions and the greatest anxiety is Am I bringing COVID home?
0: Am I bringing and COVID home? Wow. That has
1: been the greatest anxiety for most of us. And I speak to you, having recovered, I've been through a self-isolation. Yeah. Last month, I had an unfortunate that I, I got sick and I tested and I had to test my pen, my husband, my kids. And it helped that we had a conversation around the table that, look, mom is in the front line. This is what it means. I mm. will have to come home and shower. I will have to change. Uh, please, we will only hug and kiss after that shower. We, you know, what it means. Don't touch mommy's pins and 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 and, and things after work. My 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 bag. You know. They, they, There's a whole conversation about it, Mm. and it helped that we started that conversation at the beginning of the lockdown. Mm -hmm. That you might be home, but I have to go, and that is what I'm called for. Appreciate this is what I do, and it helped to get um, a husband that is supportive, a family that is supportive. So when we actually had to go through the self-isolation, we were much more uh, calm Mm. and prepared, Mm. and. It it, it 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 helped a lot. Yeah. So even now, I think KG. I really want to. Um, send a regard to many of the spouses yeah. and children of the frontline front
0: yeah. workers. Yeah, that's a that's a great point that you're making because, you know, we tend to salute uh, the frontline workers constantly all around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, frontline mm-hmm. workers are saluted for uh, putting their own lives in, in, in danger, of course, trying to save mm-hmm. others. But most of us, and, and I'm only thinking about it as I'm hearing you talk about it, most of us don't stop to think about the family members their children their spouses who are at risk every single day in the oh. same way that frontline workers are you know at risk every single day it's here though and and it's real this this covid-19 Are you finding that people, your patients, um, the the, the new and the old ones, understand the seriousness of the virus and the importance of changing behavior? Because that's the one thing that a lot of people struggle with. COVID-19 has demanded major behavioral changes from all of us.
1: Absolutely. And as more and more families are affected and infected and some have lost loved ones, only then does it dawn on many of us that this has really changed our, our lives. We need to change a new culture. We need to, you, you know, typical examples are funerals. And mm. we now have to consider, are we really, is it necessary that we go? Are we going to keep the number 50? And, and going to church, going to the mall, we have to stay at home. Mm. We have to stay at home. We have to hand hand hygiene is so important. And we need to wash our hands and not even think about it anymore. We don't have to count how many times we wash it. You know you have to be considered even things like your cell phone where am i putting my cell phone i could be at work am i going to leave it in the patient's desk or am i leaving it you know there is so much that we have to be aware of what we are doing and therefore protect ourselves and protect our loved ones the wearing of the mask Am i Taking it off properly? Am I putting it on properly? Or am I going to leave it under my chin and forget about it or keep fiddling with it? Therefore, though it's there, your PPE, but it's already contaminated. So it's all about learning behaviors, but we don't give up. We keep teaching, especially um, when we deal with patients at a grassroots level. It's important to. Educate as much as we can. Yeah, we help prevent. Yeah, the youth. New-
0: I want to take you back to the start of uh, your journey. Um, You know, when when little children grow up, uh, you know, uh, most kids are asked the question, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And the answer that they will give is I want to be a doctor because I suppose in many ways uh, when children are growing up, uh, being a doctor is very romanticized, you know. It's seen as as a very ideal kind of career. Uh, You know, uh, I think even parents get a lot prouder when their children come home and they say, Mom, Dad, I want to study medicine. Let's talk about your journey in the medical space. Did you always want to be a doctor? And did you ever anticipate that in the journey of you being a doctor? Uh, because I'm sure you've read uh, as a medical person about, you know, uh, pandemics and how they have happened throughout history and time. Uh, but, you know, did you ever imagine that it there would be one that happens at the grand scale that COVID-19? is happening at in your time as a practicing GP?
1: Absolutely not. I, I grew up as a young girl wanting to be a doctor. I think it's the most fulfilling to think that you are assisting somebody to good health is the most humbling and most fulfilling mm. uh, work that I could ever think of. Um, it's, it's absolutely humbling. To be alive at this time during the covid nineteen. It is indeed a privilege to see when medicine is changing and transforming. Mm. Back in the days when I was in school, killing medicine was an almost no-no. But now we are in an era that demands us to embrace it and use it more efficiently. Um, It is humbling when you look into someone's eyes when they are absolutely confused as to what is going on and be able to explain. Term, this is what is going on in mm. your body, and this is how we can assist. Just looking into someone's eyes and giving them hope, it is the most fulfilling thing. And you sleep at night feeling that you've changed someone's life. Yeah. So I'm absolutely grateful for the opportunity to work as a public servant and also as a frontline um, worker at this time during the covid uh, our country, leaders. we always said, when we go to medical school, we want to make a change. Mm. And I think in our small spaces, there are many South Africans that are making that change and creating a
0: better future for our children. Yeah, oh that's incredible, very inspiring. Uh, by the way, in case you just joined us at uh, 7.33 on <clears throat> on SAFM 104 to 107, we are saluting uh, the frontline workers and today we chose Dr. Posha Keswa-Masinga. Dr. Pe- uh, Dr. Keswa-Masinga is a, a GP. Uh, she opened uh, her practice in 2017. Uh, she also does the weekend sessions at the Eddington Hospital in Durban in casualty. I, I want to move now because we focused your work on your GP uh, office um, uh, between, uh, the one the the office you opened, Doctor uh, Kesoma Singa, in twenty seventeen. But you say uh, you go to casualty every weekend at Eddington Hospital, busy hospital. That tell me about your experience uh, when you're at Eddington on the weekends because I'm assuming it's very drastically different uh, to what you deal with at your at your offices.
1: It is very different because that is the public service and it's uh, most humbling. It is, you, you feel you are in touch with the primary health care in casualty because you see patients. It's a nice exposure to trauma patients and also to just the chronic ill patients and coming emergencies in casualty. It it helps to be in touch so that you don't end up seeing the, the normal flu. Um, at the practice and the chronic hypertension and the diabetes. It is a nice combination of um, exposure to medicine. Therefore, it keeps me inspired and motivated as well. Um, Yes.
0: Mm. And let's talk the challenges, uh, both um, um, in your practice and in the extra work you do uh, on the weekend, in the challenges you've had to overcome in general in your journey as as a medical doctor.
1: Um, (coughs) Choosing which fields to go to. Um, Now as a GP, uh, it, it, it becomes a journey with your patients. It is so important, I can't stress it enough, Katie, that every family should have a family doctor, not just to fill out the form, but somebody that will have your history, somebody that will know all your chronic conditions, how they manage, and how you are coping. I had a lot of patients that even through testing for COVID were able to, it's about accessibility to good health and service. We're still able to do telemedicine and I'll check up on them. How are you doing? You can see this one is struggling. Then, do you want to call an ambulance? Would you rather? So, it's 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 a nice variety of medicine that you can um, have a, um, a journey that you go with your patients. You mo- you monitor them. You take them through even through the anxieties of chronic conditions um, and also uh, working as and you're referring in time and making sure that you manage your patients in a holistic approach. Mm. You get to know and understand what they go through and, and what is it that they need. So in in, in, in GP practice, it's mostly family, um, it's mostly individual, it, and then you, you you see in casualty, it gives you just a different spectrum of patients and diseases altogether. Yeah. So I've tried to keep the journey alive and keep the medicine and also learning more. And so you have to continue develop your skills, keep up with the new uh, routine protocol mm-hmm. and, and, and standards of medicine. So it, I, it's a combination. I know that most of us, once we practice, we keep in private practice, but I feel we, we have an opportunity to give that to our community that cannot necessarily afford private health. Uh, when we offer services in
0: in, in public service. Yeah. I was reading, you know, everybody uh, documents online their COVID-19 journey. And um, one one of the things, uh, not everybody, a lot of people, let me say, do COVID there, I mean, document their COVID-19 journey. Uh, But, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, is becoming starkly clear to me from reading different posts from different people is that it's not a very cheap condition uh, to manage uh, COVID-19. Would you say so?
1: I would definitely confirm that, KG From the test itself, the test itself is very expensive. And and not every patient can afford it. It's Mm. usually for those with medical aid. Yeah. Um, It is very expensive. The PCR um, is an expensive test. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have a cheaper option.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah.
1: And therefore, even the medication that is associated with the COVID is very expensive. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. our government is doing very well. All the hospital patients are getting the best care possible. Mm. Uh, but in private, you find those that don't have medical aid. Mm-hmm. They really do struggle. The cost yeah. is is very expensive. I I, I don't want to mention private at the moment, but. It is
0: very expensive, Therefore, uh, not everyone is testing. Yeah. Lastly, uh, Dr. Singer, uh, we must let you go. You must rest because you're going to Eddington tomorrow. But what new learnings um, as a medical professional uh, do you think COVID-19 has taught you? Um, because I suppose uh, as educated as you may be, we all never stop learning. What learnings do you take from this pandemic? What has it taught you?
1: Thank you so much for that wonderful question kg i think um we've learned not to to work independently we it's always about a holistic approach to any problem now even at the level of being a gp Mm. as i say the COVID came and we all had to look okay at my level in my space what is it that i can do to protect my staff to protect myself and need to protect my patients in this space. Mm. And you start thinking, um, how can I uh, screen patients so that I minimize risk for others? Yeah. As I said, you start developing ways of isolating cases. If someone is very sick and you're worried, you actually say, please stay in your car. You have to learn to uh, protect yourself Protect yourself. Protect yourself. You know, yourself. That person can wait in the car comfortably while you put on that visor,
0: yeah. while
1: you put on that apron. Yeah. Um, you have to protect yourself and you have to remain calm as much as you can in the midst of the COVID pandemic. And appropriate PPE is is the hallmark. We yeah. have to protect ourselves. And therefore, by doing so, we're protecting our patients and also making sure that we are able to be of good service our country.
0: Fantastic. Listen, thank you for allowing us time into your busy schedule uh, to talk to us. We salute you. We appreciate you. We appreciate the work that you do. And we salute your family too uh, for the support that they give you, your children and your husband. Thank you. Dr. Posha uh, Keswamasinga, medical doctor, GP, uh, and also uh, a casualty worker at the Eddington Hospital in Durban of Guazulu-Natal. Thank you. It's
1: 7.41.